Hello, friends. This is J.B. Hickson with Not By Works Ministries. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, as I mentioned uh, recently, my wife and I are out of town this week celebrating 30 years of marriage. What an incredible blessing Wendy is to me and to our family. And so we're taking a much needed break. We're so grateful and thankful for the family that God has blessed us with six uh, awesome children, a granddaughter. Uh, but uh, Wendy is the love of my life, and she has uh, uh, just been such a blessing to me through the years in ministry and certainly to Not By Works Ministries as well. Uh, so pray for us as we enjoy uh, a little bit of a break. And uh, as I mentioned recently, because we're out of town, we're not going to be having a regular podcast uh, today. This is a Wednesday, of course. Normally I would be teaching through the series on what is Calvinism and is it biblical, but taking a one-week break from that. So we're going to be airing a repeat, a replay of a podcast that first aired back in March, on March 31st of this year, and that was my interview on the Brandon House TV show. And so it's a fairly short a podcast. I really enjoyed uh, that uh, interview with Brandon. I've had the chance to be on his show a couple of times. Uh, really appreciate all that he's doing to advance conservative causes. So I know we're picking up new listeners all the time, and perhaps you missed this uh, podcast from about three months ago, and this is your chance to kind of hear it again. For those of you that have already heard it, thanks for your patience, and we will resume our new podcasts uh, coming up uh, this uh, weekend on June the 26th with my two regular messages uh, from Plum Creek Chapel. So thanks again for listening. Feel free to reach out anytime if we can help you. Our contact info is there at notbyworks.org. I also want to encourage you to be sure and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, just enter your email on the homepage there at notbyworks.org at the bottom and uh, you'll be subscribed. And so it's just a good way to stay in touch with all that God is doing uh, through our ministry. So thanks again for your encouragement and support. I hope you enjoy this replay of my interview with Brandon House. Joining me now is J.B. Hickson. He is the author of the book, Spirit of the Antichrist, A Gathering Cloud of Deception. The book just came out. I got my copy. J.B., welcome to the broadcast. Thanks for joining us. And great to be here. Any comments on what I was just saying? Oh, absolutely. I've been following uh, the, the push for a one-world uh, system for 15 years, and we are really knocking on the door of, uh, of the end game here. Uh, a lot of the things that we see happening around us, especially in the last couple of years, are really setting the stage for this uh, one-world political, geographic, uh, financial, religious world system. And, you know, one of the things that really strikes me and the reason I wrote the book is that as believers, as Christians, we ought not be surprised by that because God's Word also tells us that we are headed towards a one-world government, first to be ruled over by the tyrannical Antichrist, but ultimately to be ruled over by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords himself, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, this is... Uh, it's really, uh, it's just uh, fascinating to be living in such a time as this. And of course, the, the, the ruling by Christ would be during that thousand-year millennial reign, correct? Yeah, that's right. So uh, for a seven-year period, according to Daniel and Jesus and the Olivet Discourse and many other, of course, the book of Revelation, uh, the Antichrist, the man of sin, is going to take the helm of this uh, uh, one-world system, uh, and then... Uh, he's going to be defeated at the Battle of Armageddon, and Christ is going to be taking the throne as the rightful heir. Do you believe the Antichrist is on the scene now? 
I, I, you know, have to believe that in every age, Satan has had his man of the hour because, of course, Satan's not omniscient and he, he's read God's plan of the ages in the Bible. He doesn't believe it. He doesn't think he's going to lose, but he certainly knows God's plan. And so he has to be ready at any moment for uh, the rapture and for uh, God to move into this next phase. And so certainly in every age, he's got uh, someone standing by. If you're asking me to speculate, boy, I would have to say absolutely uh, we are perhaps just, you know, months, years away from uh, from that event. And so, so yeah, believe, I think the Antichrist is alive. So you believe the Antichrist is alive on the earth today? Yeah, that's a, not a biblical or theological conclusion, but it's certainly a, a, a the, the evidence around us and all of the signs of the times, like Jesus talked about we should look at, certainly indicate so. Yeah, I'd agree 100%. Now, I have some friends of mine that are that are just now, JB, getting interested in Bible prophecy. They had no interest until 2021 happened. Now they're asking me, what's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, what all-millennial, what does all this mean? Uh, what about the Antichrist? Will he be Gentile? Will he be a Jew? What about the, this idea of them building a temple, him setting stuff up in the temple and speaking words of blasphemy? House, what is all this about? And they're yeah. trying now to, uh, you know, have a... Uh, learn what has taken many of us a whole lifetime, they're trying to learn uh, in just a few hours, which is really not possible to learn it all in a few hours, but you can certainly start to learn the basics. So let's do that. The Antichrist, I believe, will be a Gentile, not Jew. What say you? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, absolutely he's going to be, what? he'll be a Gentile, not yeah. a Jew. Yeah, so he's going to be one who denies the gods of his father. So he's not going to be a, a Muslim or a you know communist or whatever. He's going to be a pluralist who's going to be able to get all of the religions of the world to come together under one pagan, satanically led religion. Uh, he's very likely may be a homosexual, which is why we see this whole gender surrender movement going on. Why do you say uh, that? Because the Bible says he rejects the, affair, the uh, affections of women? Yeah, that's the way I interpret that. You know, good scholars take it different ways, but I think uh, he'll have no desire for women is the way the New King James translates that in Daniel 11. So, uh, yeah, so that's my speculation. And certainly uh, the spirit of perversion is all around us. They're trying to absolutely target the image of God in man with this gender surrender movement. Uh, and I think that's one of the many signs of the times that we, that we see uh, leading us uh, rapidly uh, toward the end times, you know. And do you put any stock into the fact he he comes up out of the sea? What do you would you believe that that oftentimes the scripture represents the Gentile nations? Uh, yeah, sea in Revelation also sort of em emphasizes evil. You know, the water in throughout scripture is kind of connected to evil, which is why in the new heavens and the new earth we, there is no more sea. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, and that's why the uh, in Genesis uh, nine after the. Uh, Genesis 6 account, we had the world flooded, the global flood. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I would hang my hat on that, you know, to prove that he's a Gentile. I, I tend to look back more at Daniel's uh, account and also some of the other passages in Revelation. Second so he'll Thess be a Gentile. What other characteristics will there be of the Antichrist? Well, it's interesting that you ask that because what I did with this book is I said, you know, the Bible says the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work today. And if that's true, we have a, a clear biblical record of the things that the Antichrist, capital A, will be doing during that seven-year period. Let's kind of summarize those. Let's look at those characteristics and then see if we see an uptick in those things. And so I, I narrowed it down to seven spirits of the Antichrist and uh, things like perversion, uh, things like uh, pride, 
you know, you read Daniel's account and description of the Antichrist, it's unprecedented pridefulness. Uh, things like phenomena, an uptick in signs and wonders and all of these bizarre uh, things. And I think, you know, part of that plays into it with this recent disclosure of, you know, UFOs and UAPs and all of that for decades it was no 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 nothing to see here it's all a bunch of tinfoil hat stuff now all of a sudden they're coming out and saying yeah this stuff's real now we don't interpret it the same way they do they're not little green men from mars but it's a spiritual uh, phenomenalistic you know presence well and let me just stop you right there because we've done several hours on that and played some of it here on lindell tv but um you know we've got uh, fighter pilots capturing this on video and most of us have all seen that coming off the USS Nimitz and other things. And uh, they're doing turns and, and speeds and acceleration and coming to a screech halt and then taking off again and turning right, you know, right angles. Things beyond uh, what we have or even the ability for a human to be in there and survive that. Things against the known laws of, of uh, the universe and physics. So what I find interesting, as we have quoted in past programs, some UFO guys, um, you know, who've been studying the UFOs and talking about it from a secular perspective for decades and decades and decades, we now have them on record saying we no longer believe these are extraterrestrial. We now believe they are interdimensional, meaning they don't show up on the radar and come in or show up on the radar and go out. They appear and then they disappear. They're interdimensional. And a couple of them who used to teach the other are now saying we now believe that they are of a demonology demonology so even yep. some of the ufo experts are now saying this is completely demonic i believe that these signs what believe what say you but i believe these signs that we're seeing are setting us up for a big global uh spiritual deception now i'm not saying this is fact what i'm about to say but my friend the late ron carlson i don't know if you ever knew who ron carlson was but he wrote the book fast facts on false teaching and he wrote in his book uh, fast facts on false teaching. He said, it's just a theory, just a theory. What if there were some kind of event where a, uh, a craft landed on earth and out walked this, this benevolent creature, uh, that could do incredible things, counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders. Would this help to feed the idea of evolution, Darwinian evolution, and yet also spiritual evolution? And he basically says, could that lead to be some kind of demonic entity that appears to be the Antichrist. I don't know. I personally believe that the Antichrist will be a man who is demon-possessed. I think the I think the scriptures imply, I I'm not going to be dogmatic, you can tell me your thoughts, that he, he maybe is shot, there's some kind of head wound, and I know people interpret that different ways, and he recovers, almost like he's resurrected. I don't know if that's at the point he goes from being demon-possessed to fully satanic-possessed, but I think at some point the Antichrist is fully demonically, not demonically possessed, but Satan-possessed, which is why Satan in Isaiah says, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will five times. I will ascend to the heavens. I will be like God. I will be worshipped. Because Satan now in the, the very embodiment of his, himself into this Antichrist figure sits and is worshipped as God, trying to accomplish his perspective of being worshipped. Now, what do you say about all that? 
Yeah, I could not agree more, honestly, Brandon. I believe that in this grand scheme of this cosmic struggle between Satan and God, you know, Satan wanted to have the throne in heaven. God kicked him out. He said, if I can't have the throne there, I'm going to make this world my throne. And there's been this battle raging ever since. David talks about it in Psalm 2. And I believe there were two times in human history, according to Scripture, when Satan felt like he had an opportunity to really win this game. And in those moments, he was not about to delegate that task to his legion of demons, one third of the angels who fell. So I believe he took it upon himself. Remember, Satan is a demon himself, a pr the prince of demons, to indwell a human being. First, he indwelt Judas in conjunction with Christ's first advent, and uh, and that's what led to Christ's death. And he thought he'd won the battle at that point, but of course, uh, Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave. Rose three days later, and Satan uh, must have shrieked in horror. But I believe, as you just said, that the second time, according to the biblical record, that Satan himself, not one of his demons, but Satan himself, will indwell a human being. And I get this from Second Thessalonians two will be in conjunction with his second coming uh, when he indwells uh, the Antichrist. So I think you're exactly right. And, and that's what this book really is all about, is that believers need to understand that there's been this battle, this conspiracy that David talks about in Psalm 2, uh, raging for thousands of years. And what we see now is this heading into the end game. And as I document in the book, in their own writings, these Luciferians, because let's first of all define what we mean by the Luciferian conspiracy. The Bible describes this as Satan, demons, and human counterparts working together to you know, usher in this one world system. A conspiracy is just two or more people working together to commit a crime or do some nefarious deed. And so the Luciferian conspiracy is Satan, demons, and human agents. And so they've been working at this all this time and, and, and they're, of course, not monolithic. They're certainly not omniscient. And uh, so there have been setbacks. There have been chaos and internal squabbles and fights and so forth. But in their own writings, they've been targeting this decade. I mean, I can go back to Alice Bailey. Absolutely. Who claims to, yeah, claims to be channeling demons. And she mentions 2025 multiple times in her writings. And that was 100 years ago. Uh, lots of other uh, Luciferians are in their own writings saying, this is it. It's the great reset. It's the end game. Doesn't mean they're going to succeed because, of course, God is sovereign and uh, he's not willing that any should perish. And so he ultimately is the one that says whether we enter the end times or not. But uh, well, I can certainly tell you that's their goal. Uh, your website, by the way, where we, they can find the book, which I have here, is spiritofantichrist.org, spiritofantichrist.org. Um, let's talk about uh, the issue of the mark of the beast. That's another one that's really caught people's mm -hmm. attention. I think this is probably what's gotten so many people interested in talking about Bible prophecy that were never interested before, because they start seeing something where you got to have a COVID passport, and then they start to put a chip on your skin, and all those other things that's going on. And 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 I remember watching an interview uh, where a lady says she says to um, <clears throat> to a Christian that's interviewing her, she says. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a Christian. I, you know, I'm. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. So I don't. You know, I'm not into all that. But, but I do know enough about the Bible to know the Bible says you're not going to be able to buy or sell. <laughs> and so she goes on to talk about what's happening, and she's dead right. But I find it so fascinating that as a uh, self-professed non-Christian, she's saying, "Where is the church?" She's saying, "I don't understand where these pastors are. Many of these pastors are pushing the COVID test, pushing the COVID shot." She's saying, "I'm not even a Christian." I know enough about Bible prophecy, enough to know that you can't buy or sell, 
without the mark. This seems to be setting the stage for it. I'm not even a Christian, she says, but you guys, your evangelical pastors are pushing this stuff left and right. What is going on with you people? I thought that was really embarrassing for the evangelicals, but very astute no. on her part. What, what are your thoughts about how this is? I don't think this is the mark of the beast, but I think it's setting the stage for it with nanotechnologies, tracking. I have a, um, let me show this to you real quick, JB, if you haven't seen it. I showed this on TV the other night. This is Qualcomm. I just found it in my research the other day, all right? And, when I, and I had on a literal rocket scientist who put up rockets and, and satellites, satellites for the government, uh, and, and there's a lot he can't talk about. But this is talking about Global Navigation Satellite System, GNSS, Global Navigation, Global Navigation Satellite System, all right? And as you go through this document, and by the way, my friend who's an expert on all this told me when I got off the air, he said, there's more in that document than you lay people even realize. And a lot of it, of course, he can't talk about because he did this in a classified setting for the government. But look at these satellites right there, right? And everything you have, it goes on to show how your life will be tied around this. You've got a brain in your watch, a brain in your iPad, basically, a brain in your car, a brain on the eye gear you wear, a brain in your cell phone, even your temperature, uh, your smart home temperature gauge, brain in these drones. But uh, JB, as we go through this, we end up finding this. I thought this was very fascinating right here. Reliable emergency positioning requires multiple positioning technologies and sensors for accuracy and robustness. And what you see is this guy right here, okay? I guess he's come in on his car, he's parked his car, and he's got on the elevator, and he's gone on up, and you see there's a building here in the, in the shadow. You can see there's a building here. He's got a cell phone with him, and it's sending out a signal, and there he is up on the floor. I don't know. He's on, I don't know, 10th, 11th, 12th floor, whatever he's on. And it's an in-building cellular and, you know, landline, uh, like Wi-Fi type situation. And then it shoots to a cell phone tower. And then, of course, and that can shoot to your GNSS satellite systems. And boom, they can track that he's even on the floor, what floor he's on. And my friend who was with the military tour recently doing satellites and this kind of technology said to us, yes, they can track you within inches, even what floor you're on. Now, let's take that and put it under your skin, JB. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Uh, they, the, the whole key to doing what the Bible describes will happen in the one world satanic government for that seven year period is technology. And uh, there's no question that what we see happening now is fulfilling the dream of these Luciferians. In the book, uh, in my cha chapter on vaccines and big pharma, I quote uh, Carol Quigley, who of course was the historian for the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations, as you well know. And uh, really the CFR is one of the many co-conspirators in this one world system plan. Uh, but he says that, quote, the individual's freedom and choice will be controlled within very narrow alternatives by the fact that he will be numbered from birth followed as a number through his educational training, his required military or other public service, his tax contribution, his health and medical requirements, and his final retirement and death benefits. So in order to accomplish that, you know, this has to be more than just an RFID chip or some kind of a UPC symbol. And what we see happening now is, is, is really for the first time, which is one of the many reasons I think that we're knocking on the door, we have the true capability to track and, by the way, control, it's not just tracking, it's controlling uh, remotely, every human being on the planet. So I think it's absolutely uh, a sign of the times, and, and I don't understand you know, why more people don't see it. But, but back to your point a second ago, I have a section in the book where I quote 
several quotes after one another of you know atheists and luciferians and other uh, evil people who get it who understand what's what's happening and are decrying it even though they don't know the lord and yet believers are are just oblivious and and frankly brandon i think that's an indication of the apostate nature of the church of our day absolutely we've talked about that uh here even on my sunday night class i teach at eight o'clock here on sunday nights and have since 2015 uh, that the, you know the scripture tells us that there will be a uh, people following deceiving spirits and the doctrines of demons and you're laying yep. out the doctrines of demons which of course the doctrines of demons is the doctrine of their of their god their master satan right the, which will be the antichrist who's controlled by satan but this apostasy the bible describes a great falling away from traditionally held biblical truths that which has a form of godliness but denies the true power of the gospel to save. And I think most of our churches in America are apostate. I think most of these are not real churches. These are not real pastors. Uh, these are apostate systems. And we see them, and that's why I wrote the book, Marxianity, that came out in November of 2018. I wrote this book because I was so concerned about not the, not the mainline churches, that we lost those in the 50s and 60s. The mainstream evangelical churches are teaching social justice, white privilege. Uh, and then you add in the false gospel of the hyper-Calvinist, the neo-Calvinist, and, and uh, you know, David Platt and the Gospel Coalition and Tim Keller and, and Rick Warren, and you've got nothing but a perfect apostate social justice global one-world system. Many of them now also are getting into open borders. Many of them are into environmentalism. I mean, CRT. Mm -hmm. Critical race theory. So uh, uh, that apostasy is rampant and I hate to tell you, uh, the audience this, but I, I think most of them know it now. Many of our so-called once evangelical organizations, institutions, colleges, seminaries, churches, they are on board with this. It's a very small group that understand what we're saying and are not going along, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my dead reckoning, and it, that's nothing more than that, but I really feel like at best 10% of churches today in America are still Bible-believing, Bible-based, truly teaching the Word of God and, and preaching uh, the Word of God without, uh, you know, compromise. Uh, but I think if this uh, control of virus scamdemic showed us anything, it's that it's how easy it is to deceive churchgoers. Uh, and, and shame on the pastors who bowed down and worshiped at the altar of government rather than uh, following what God's Word says uh, first and foremost. That's All right, we've got I... just a few minutes left. Let's go through these as quick as we can. I love this section, Anatomy of Deception. Question the truth, misrepresent truth, directly contradict the truth, shift the focus, and now invent new meaning. Probably new meaning yeah. to words, for sure. It Absolutely. That's exactly what we mean. So basically what we do there, that's chapter 11. After giving all of these examples in the book, like the vaccines, geoengineering, Hegelian dialectic, fake news, all of those, Operation Mockingbird, we basically wanted to give the reader uh, some you know, ways to combat deception. So we went back to Genesis 3 and kind of surveyed what Satan's mode of operation was when he confronted uh, Eve in the garden. And that's where I get the, the, the five steps in the, uh, in the anatomy of deception. And it's something that we can then watch out for. You know, the more we know the truth and know Scripture, we can sort of see it coming. And so I give examples in there of, of each one of those things, you know, questioning the truth, misrepresenting the truth, and, and so forth, and, and kind of 
Satan's not very creative. He wants to be a creator, but he's he's actually not very creative. So he's using the same M.O. today to deceive people as he did in the garden, Brandon. And then uh, a couple more real quick. Um, let's talk about uh, eugenics. Um, I'm very, I, I did, early 2020, I did a couple TV shows on eugenics because I was looking at all the folks from the world health organization to Tetros at the WHO to Johns Hopkins University, which was started by one of the big founders of the eugenics movement. And I tied almost every one of these people, Bill Gates, I tied all these people back to the eugenics movement. What is your thoughts in regard to the eugenics movement and uh, assisted suicide, active euthanasia, uh, rationing of health care, persecution of Christians and conservatives in the eugenics movement, how it might all fit together, socialized medicine? Yeah, so when I talk about eugenics, I do give the history of the formal, uh, you know, study of eugenics. It started with uh, Sir Francis Galton, who was yes. uh, Charles Darwin's cousin. Uh, but it's broader than that, because what people need to understand is the Luciferians love death. Proverbs 8.36 says, all those who hate me love death. And so they actually thrive on death, and they're trying to kill as many people as they can. Remember, Satan, their leader, comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? Jesus said Satan was a murderer from the beginning, right? And so they want to wipe out this planet, you know, of all but 500 million uh, people. That's in their own documents, you know, the Georgia Guidestones, for example. Uh, but not only 500 million, but of those, only a small percent are the initiated elite who are going to actually live and, and flourish. The rest are these serfs that are going to serve them. So how are they going to do that? They've got to have these uh, various approaches to, to killing people. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I know that's uh, blunt, but I quote several of them there in that chapter, chapter 10, who come right out and, and say it. And you're right, Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, many others, they held a meeting uh, in New York City a few years ago, the whole purpose of which was, how can we depopulate the earth? You know, how can we get rid of these useless breathers? And uh, of course, Bill Gates, I know you've covered this as well, famously said in a TED talk that, you know, if we do a really good job with vaccines, we can reduce the world's population. Right. Uh, I don't know what he means by that. I thought vaccines allegedly were to help people, but no, they're there to kill people. You know? Yeah. So um, things are moving quickly. We see, what are your take, what's your take on what's happening with Russia and Ukraine? Yeah, that is very, very uh, relevant and interesting because the players involved there, of course, are coming right out of Scripture, Ezekiel 38 and 39, uh, uh, Gog and Magog, Magog, uh, the land of Russia, and, uh, and Syria, and Turkey, and some of these others. And so uh, I don't, it's never about what it's about. That's one thing we need to remember. Um, that's, that's the whole Hegelian dialectic. So it's kind of like the magician who has you focused over here on his left hand. Meanwhile, he's you know, pulling a dove out of his pocket with his right. So we need to be prepared for anything. Uh, I don't think it's just about you know, Russia bad, Ukraine good, or Putin bad, Zelensky uh, good. I think they're both bad, frankly. They're both part of Klaus Schwab's you know, conditioning program. Um, but I, I definitely think it's it, what they're trying to do, if I had my best guess, I think the Luciferians are trying to foment a global conflict that will bring the United States in. I, mean, I would look for some time in the near future, and by that I mean the next year or so, uh, some type of uh, you know, uh, Pearl Harbor or Gulf of Tonkin incident that somehow draws us in, and, and the American people would get behind it and say, yes, we got to go get those bad guys. And then very quickly, it will de-escalate into a global conflict because they have to bring down America before they can get this new world order in place. There are too many Bible-believing, 
patriotic, gun-owning people who've had a taste of freedom and liberty because of this great country, uh, that they've got to get us out of the way. We're the one thing standing in the way of their of their new world system. So I look for this thing to escalate. It's really hard to say exactly how, but that's kind of a, a quick answer. So, and then let me ask you this. We'll go to Trevor Loudon. Gog, Magog, war. This coalition of nations, Russia, the Bible describes them. You can, you can look up the table of nations and figure out what nations are being talked about from the text, Ezekiel 38, 39. So you got Russia, uh, you've got Turkey, you've got Syria, you've got Iran, there's even Libya. Indi uh, India, there's even uh, indications that a nation from the east, which could be uh, China involved. When, when, now we know right now as we're speaking in Syria, in Syria, right there at Israel's back door, as they build this coalition to come against Israel, well now in Syria at Ru Israel's back door, you have Russia, Turkey, you know, Iran, Syria, right there. So it seems as though the stage is being set for Gog Magog. Yeah. Does, what is so, the time frame for this? Do you see this accelerating to that, or could there be a 100-year pause? I certainly would not say there could be a 100-year pause. Of course, God is sovereign, and, and you know we, we, we trust him, and we walk by faith. But uh, all of the signs point to this thing really reaching you know, some type of uh, conflagration here in the next, you know, this decade. Um, but as far as the timing of Gog and Magog, you know, obviously good scholars, good, solid Bible-believing scholars take different views on that. In my uh, eschatology textbook that I wrote several years ago, I, I give, I think, eight different views and cite people that hold them. But here's my view. I believe that after the rapture, that the, there's a nation that's going to uh, take advantage of the chaos that ensues to come against Israel and try to take over Israel. A nation from the West, according to Daniel, is going to, uh, I mean, a, a coalition from the West is going to come uh, form and come against uh, this Northern Alliance. And we know from Scripture that actually God is the one who defeats the Northern Alliance supernaturally, and Ezekiel 38 and 39 describes that. Uh, but this Western Alliance is going to take credit for it, in my view. And uh, the leader of that Western alliance is the one who I believe then becomes the Antichrist. In fact, a lot of people have sort of pointed to Zelensky as a potential candidate. Obviously, we don't know who the Antichrist is, but we can certainly speculate and but look at But the problem with that is he's Jewish. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, so I, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't put him on the top of my list. But certainly whoever that is, in my estimation, is going to be propelled to world fame. Everybody's going to say, oh, you stopped, you know, this evil aggressor from the north and you're our hero and he signs the peace treaty and that starts the clock ticking on uh, you know the seven-year period now would I die on that hill of course not I mean it's it's basically trying to piece together all the data from scripture and put together a plausible scenario uh, but so I put Gog and Magog uh, short answer between the rapture but prior to the start of the tribulation with the signing of the peace treaty it's all moving fast all moving it, fast Absolutely. Spirit of the Antichrist, the Gathering Cloud of Deception by J.B. Hickson. You can get it at spiritoftheantichrist.org, right? That's right. Yeah, we feel like Jeff Bezos have, has enough money, so we're going to try to keep it in-house for now. And, uh, yeah, spiritoftheantichrist.org. You can read the preface and look at the table of contents, and then you can purchase it right there uh, on the website. Awesome. Thank you, J.B. Great work. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you, Brandon. My pleasure. Have a great night. J.B. Hickson checking in. J.B. Hickson.